0: This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Have you ever been married to your career? And has that career interfered with your personal relationship, including your marriage? And sometimes it just feels like you're married to your career? Welcome to Married to Safety with Josh and Kayla Caltell. Hey everybody, this is Josh and Kayla with Married to Safety, wherever you are and however you may be doing it. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to start the show like we do every show with a little bit of breathing.
1: Okay, let's get started. We all need it. Let's loosen up. Don't shut your eyes if you're driving and just if you are in a place, just like raise your arms and just do a little movement. Everybody's in a place. I meant like a place that you can A safe place. Like, don't let go of your steering wheel. There we go. Yes. Okay. So, let's go ahead and loosen up, and let's take a big, deep breath in through the nose. Hold at the top. Four, three, two, one, and one more time. Four, three, two, one, and release.
0: So, people may be wondering why we do that. At the start of every show. Yes. So I think that it's important to me. I've always been one of those weird people that I, I'm, I'm totally averse <laughs> to anything frou-frou like that. Um, and it's amazing what happens with clarity. We, lind- we listen to a lot of um, meditations. Kayla does a lot of meditations herself for a lot of our clients, for for people that we work with. But just the the importance of getting that oxygen into your brain and taking a moment to really, really center yourself that's why we do that. It's not just because we want to. We want to breathe. Breathing is important. I mean, you should be doing it a lot. Yes, in, in your day a lot, but intentional breathing will help you bring bring you to a better headspace. And so that's why we do that to start the show because we want to be in a really good headspace as we're presenting information to you guys, the listeners.
1: Yes, we do, and we should discuss right now. We have horrible allergies going on. We got a lot of pollen here in Orlando. We are seeing people coming back, so we're really oh excited goodness. about that, but the pollen is here. So we're a little, you know, our voices are not that great today, but there are some breathing techniques that we can use for that, too, and um, there's some sinus breathing techniques. So if you're not into breathing, look more into that, and we reach out to me. I can give you some things. Kayla at IgniteTheJourney.com. I will help you. And... Um, Speaking of that, we're going to continue our series today about communicating and crucial conversations, and we did one the last time about kids and having crucial conversations, and I thought we should continue that because we spoke a lot about how we get really crazy with not having these conversations and hiding things from kids, and I don't want you guys to be that way because... As we spoke about last time, our anxiety and our stress about that gets the best of us, and the kids handle it really, really well. And so I want to start today, speaking of the breathing, I want to talk about a time in our lives that I think we really started the breathing, and that was when our son had a very significant event happen in his life, and it was... uh, an event that also happened to Josh. We were going through a lot in our family, and he developed a mechanism to put this out of his mind because he was so traumatized that um, he developed a mechanism that was doing things in 16s. And we'll get to this backstory in a minute, but at the time, we didn't really have good coverage of um any kind of help for him nor did he want that help because the trauma that he was experiencing was very medical for for a lot of different reasons that we were going through and um so we dealt with this through taking it down one at a time and breathing and so i realized how important it was at that point to breathe and simple things like when he was going, trying to go to the bathroom or something like that. Like we did breathing techniques. And so just really look at breathing techniques and how important they are for you. But yes, Xavier would do a scratch and he would do it 16 times. And so with breathing and with counting backwards, we corrected that trauma and is that the right way? Don't know. But it's how we dealt with things because he refused to go to another doctor at that time. Why? Tell him why, Josh.
0: Well, because of his anxiety, right?
1: Yes. But the, the event that oh, you guys y- went Oh, you through, want me to go through the backstory? Okay. Yeah. So, I just pulled a Josh and know, tossed just, it to you. you. just
0: stared right at me and I should read your mind because that's yes. easy to do. So here, here's here's what's fun to do. Um, these conversations are tough, right? They're, I love being uncomfortable. And I also love making other people uncomfortable. It's kind of my thing. Um, and this definitely makes me uncomfortable to talk about. And it was a tough year um, because of this, but it, it is what it is. It happened. So um, in 2014, um, Kayla was sick on a Sunday. And Kayla being sick, never. first of all, it never happens. She's never allowed to be sick because she's a mom, right? She's got to take care of us. So she's not allowed to have any days off. Well, this is one of those days when she was really sick and when Kayla needs to stay in bed, she is really sick. I think she had like a 102 degree fever. Um, and so what we decided to do was we decided to go out and to a bike ride. Um, Zave and I doing, doing bike things. He was, he had learned how to ride a bike. He was doing really good. And it was exciting because it was more exercise rather than worrying about him falling over. So we decided, we lived in Northern California, um, really amazing Um, place to live because uh, it was called Mountain House and it was this this huge community and it was this huge square so you could ride like for miles and miles and miles just around the neighborhood and it was really really cool and there was all kinds of different people that lived there all walks of life um, just just kind of a great great place Um, but with different kinds of people come different opportunities and um, we'd always been, uh, afraid of what would happen with an interaction with an animal specifically like a dog. And so I'd always train Zay, you know, you always get behind me, let me get be- between you and whatever the danger is. And we'll work it out from there because, you know, when you're a, a small child on a bike, the the last thing you want to do is make any big decisions about the fight or flight instinct, which we've talked about quite a bit. Well, as we rounded a corner, mind you, Kayla's in bed and we rounded a corner and, up ahead, we saw three very, very large German shepherds. Now, I want to tell everybody, my grandfather grew up with, I grew up in my grandfather's house with German shepherds. Papa Bill had, had a huge German shepherd named Max. I've got pictures of me riding Max. I've got pictures of me sleeping on Max, playing with Max. Um, so I, you know, was a huge German shepherd fan. Well, as we rounded the corner, these three dogs um, started running toward us. And I was like, ah, great. So I tell Zave, hey, dogs are coming. Get behind me. You know, let's, let's ride away from them, whatever. Well, the guy that was dealing with the dogs, he said something. And two of the dogs just stopped and laid down where they were. But this really, really big male dog kept running toward us. And he was not running in attack mode. He was um, coming at us what uh, w- looked like a very playful nature. And, uh, ears were not back. You know, he was, he was wagging his tail, but sprinting toward us. And so I said, oh, buddy, get, get behind me. Let me, let me deal with this dog. We'll get him back over to its owner. Um, and what had what it ended up happening is the dog knocked me off my bike and then came around and proceeded to maul me. And so he had a part, he had a hold of my, um, left leg right at the knee and I felt the underside of his 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 bottom jaw actually made contact with my kneecap um, under underneath there. It was it was a very, very strong bite. It, it took my breath away. Um, and so in the process of fighting this dog off, the owner is running toward us. Um, you know, the dog starts going towards Zave and I have to intervene there and, and get attacked again. And so all this happened in just a, a matter of moments. And there happened to be a state trooper that was driving by when this happened. The owner came, collected his dog. I'm sitting there trying to deal with Zave, who was obviously very, very shaken um, by the whole thing, and I didn't really realize that that I was bleeding profusely and having a really, really bad day at that point. So um, long story short, I ended up getting taken to the hospital, but Zave had to hear a police officer use my phone and call my wife who was deathly ill and say, you need to come pick up your child. Here's what's just happened to your husband. Blah, blah, blah. So Zave had to go through all this trauma. And, you know, on the way to the hospital, I'm I'm in intense pain, just excruciating pain. They start with the drugs, they start with the morphine, and all of a sudden I'm super happy. And, you know, Zave saw me, you know, terrified. He saw me angry. He saw me, you know, hurting. And that's the last thing he saw of me goes with his mom and they follow the ambulance to the hospital. And the next thing he sees of me as he gets into the emergency room with Kayla is a doctor sticking some saline into one of the wounds, squeezing it. And it's squirting out the other side of my knee through another exit wound and me giggling because I'm now high as a kite and Zave doesn't realize. So he's seen all these emotions and that is where we are today with this. Um, we, we didn't get, we flat out couldn't afford the, the, the counseling that we needed because of that. Yeah. Nor and, did we
1: really, we'd been to so many doctors and so many, we couldn't, we couldn't financially afford for you to take any more time. You were already working at home. Um, this little community that we lived in did not have an ambulance service that was designated to them. So I believe that the ambulance bill was $2,600, something like that, which was a huge chunk for us at the, that point in time. And so financially we were devastated. Um, there were lots of medical bills. There was a surgery that night, um, And, yeah, to get that call uh, from your husband's phone, and it's a police officer, um, was devastating. I got better really quick. It's amazing what adrenaline can do. But then to be told, uh, there was a fire station, luckily, right across the street, and the fireman had Xavier, and they did a really nice job with him. And, um, you know, we had that support, and I was very thankful for that. But it was a very traumatic day and during this time I just chose not to hide anything from Xavier there was no reason to do that he'd already been through the worst of it so even out of he was in second grade and even at that young age I was very honest and open I kept him right by my side he got to see everything that his daddy was going through and I think that that made it better Because we were honest. We had crucial conversations during that time. Is my daddy going to die? No, we don't think so. We think he's going to be okay, but there is surgery involved. Um, And so, you know, there's just a lot of things that we dealt with. um, And Josh is a little crazy uh, after things like that. So we did also have to deal with the fact that he was convinced after his surgery that they had cut his private parts off and they gave me an epidural. So
0: (laughs) if you've never had an epidural, it's amazing. Everything from the waist down goes, goes fuzzy. And I was convinced through my, my state of mind that I was sitting on a testicle,
1: you know, stuff happens. So uh, it was very funny. It was very funny. He kept raising the covers and looking and which made it even funnier. And, so then Xavier has to go through this emotion of, oh, no, did they really cut something off, Mama? Are we sure? And no, Xavier, they did not. But um, so let's fast forward a little bit. We dealt with all this. The company was amazing. Everybody was amazing. Pencil we Phelps, had friends, way, Yes, Mitchell,
0: Frank Davis. They were amazing. so
1: supportive. And just recently we were talking to somebody from that time, um, Brady, who has really um, encouraged us with this, this podcast and told us how great and how much it's benefiting him. And we're so thankful for people who reach out to us and say those things, but um, he and his family were brought meals to us. We're so supportive during that time. And it's great that we're still in touch with them and just so supportive and be thankful for those people during those times. But the The real thing here is, fast forward, we've just finished Josh's last physical therapy appoint, appointment. This has been going on for months. As we round the corner to go to the gym to pick Xavier up, his coach calls and says, How far away are you? Xavier has had a bad fall. So we've just dealt with this, and now all of a sudden... Here we are, we walk in, and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to analyze this. Maybe it's a sprain, whatever. Um, Xavier was on the parallel bars. He took a really hard fall and landed on his back, on his arm, and his arm was literally dangling. His wristband, his sweatband, was holding it in place. And And Kayla
0: actually said, do you think it's sprained? (laughs) And I said, well, yeah, it's, it's 100% sprained, but it's 100% broken. I believe in
1: manifesting. So I was really trying to be positive here. So we end up in the same exact hospital. Um, we said, oh, um, they said he's probably going to have to have surgery to place this. Both bones were broken. While we were there that night, there was a major thing going on with a shooter. Now, we're in California, not a great place, Tracy, California. It's kind of kind of sketchy at times. And so we are there, and this um, guy was an active shooter, and he was the one that was coming in. So they, they're, you know, like locked down on the hospital. It was just chaos and craziness again crucial conversation time Xavier is in pain he's about to have a minor surgery they've called Josh's surgeon in who had just had a glass of wine so he was going to come in in the morning to do the actual surgery but they had to get Xavier in place for the night and so we had to tell Xavier yeah we got to stay in here we know you're in pain we know you got to have surgery but there's also a shooter in the hospital yeah <laughs> and-, and
0: the cool thing about a lot of and not the cool thing so a lot of our stories you know, we try to make light of a lot of things, but, you know, when when you have crucial conversations, it's okay to tell your kids, look, this is bad, you know, and um, I know one thing that, you know, Zave and I have both bonded over, this actually happened yesterday. We were in Winter Garden um, at a really, really cool festival, um, you know, it happens every single Saturday at Little Farmer's Market, and here comes this huge German Shepherd, and I froze, and I still freeze to this day. I can't move. Um, and you know, Zave always looks at me and he's, he's terrified too. And you know, if I were to lie to him and say, no buddy, everything's okay. Be tough, toughen up. Everything's, everything's good. You know, he would think, wow, there's something wrong with me. But instead I'm like, yeah, dude, this sucks. I, I, I I still am not okay with this. And he's like me either. And we kind of bond over it and it's okay to not be Okay. But what's not okay is to have something traumatic happen in your life and not be completely honest and have candid conversations and crucial conversations with your kids because it's okay to be human. and as soon as they see you're human, they can understand that it's okay to to also be human. So the Kayla wrote imperfectly perfect
1: and imperfectly chaotic. and, and that's what it is. yeah, and it,
0: you can be you can be broken. And vulnerable and communicate that to your kid. You don't have to be super person all the time. You don't have to be a superhero every single day. It's okay to let your kids know when there's stress and it's okay to let your kids know when, you know, things that are not happening as, as you thought are happening, because they're going to pick up on it anyway. Yes. So either be honest with it. Um, and so a lot of the really good conversations that we've had have been as a result of us being candid with our son. And some of the really, really bad conversations that we've had is because we've been trying to hide it so that he's always having a perfect, wonderful day.
1: Yeah, and he's a really strong person, a really strong kid. And we're not telling you how to do your things at home because your chaos is different from our chaos, and you may handle things differently than we do. But find a way to have crucial conversations with your children that can prepare them for things in the future. We have experienced so many things Um, with Josh's work. Remember how work reflects on this as well. Josh has to come home and deal with injuries and deaths, and Xavier's going to hear that. So we have to figure out how to deal with that. Um, We've had deaths of our own in our family since Xavier was very young. Several people that he was very close to have passed away, and we prepared him before it even happened and it's been hard, yes, but there were many times after it, afterwards that it was also hard. But because we didn't keep anything from him and because we had crucial conversations to explain these things, we took the time to explain them, he was a little better prepared for what may happen.
0: And I think a really good example of this, and again, we're, we're definitely not perfect, 100% not perfect. Um, we're just trying to communicate our stories so that maybe helps somebody else out. But think about this. This is a great example. You're a kid. Your dog runs away, right? Your parents have two choices, and here comes our crazy dog. Your parents have two choices, right? Your dog runs away. Your parents can either say, hey, your dog ran away, or they can say your dog didn't run away, or your dog um, dies, and your parents can hide it from you and say, oh, your, your dog ran away. So as a child, you can either deal with death and say, oh man, something happened to my dog, that sucks, circle of life, let's, let's deal with this, or you can get told, yeah, your dog ran away, oh, my dog didn't like me, my dog didn't like me so much that it decided it wanted to go live with somebody else, right, so there's, there's a lot of different things that can happen as a result of not having having the proper crucial conversations, Yeah. so I mean, I think that happens to, a, a lot of parents are faced with that, you know, what do you tell kids about death? What do you tell kids about something that they love so much, like a lo- uh, like a pet, yes. and and just understand that if you if your pet dies and parents hide it and they say it ran away, that child may live the rest of his life saying, "Wow, I wasn't even good enough for that particular um, for that particular pet." So, and you can hear our dogs. Um, so <laughs> we're going to go ahead and end here because it's a good yes. place to end.
1: It is. I, I should just add really quick that that actually happened to me. Um, my parents chose to go another route and tell me that my dog <laughs> my dog ran away. My brother's here this week, so I'm sure he'll find this very interesting. But I proceeded to go up to every person in, like, three states, you know, three states within our, our – everywhere we went, I would go up to people and ask them if this was my dog. Like, I seriously thought they had stolen my dog. And years later, I found out that my dog drowned, and my parents were trying <laughs> to protect me. Did, did they make a horrible decision? No. It was what they thought was best at the time. And so we all do that. And so we all are imperfectly perfect and imperfectly chaotic. And in that moment, they thought that was the best thing for me. They forgot how crazy I was and would go ask people. But um, so just have crucial conversations.
0: Embrace the chaos. Embrace, Embrace what's happening in your life. Embrace the stress. Remember, what goes in must come out. And so if you have stress coming in. You have two ways that you can manifest that stress. You can manifest it through negative negativity or positivity. It's your it's your decision. So if That's you're right. going through a rough patch today, what should they just do? Just breathe. Have a great day everybody. Enjoy everything that you do and be well, be safe.